Hello, people of the world. And welcome to The Small Hoop. The Small Hoop. With Maya Heinbach. Mommy Maya. (laughs) So, Maya, you could introduce yourself to all the people who don't know who you are. So, hi, y'all. My name is Maya Heinbach. I've been playing quad ball now for, I think, five years. Yeah. I started back in 20. Yeah, I know. I'm old. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, I started back in 2017. I played on the good old Sharknados, um, then which is now Bobcat Quidditch, um, and then I was I played for Texas State, and now I play for Calvary. How's that going? It's going great. I really love the team. It's a good dynamic. Um, it's definitely something that I'm not like the dynamic is not something that I'm used to, but I'm really enjoying it. And yeah, I'm very, very, very happy I'm there. Curious about how how different is it playing for college and for in the club division now? So for college, a lot of it is a learning process, right? Like not only the game, but you're also learning kind of life, right? You're coming into college, eighteen years old. Sometimes you know some people aren't even eighteen yet; they're coming in at seventeen, you know. Um, and you're learning how to be away from home for the first time. You're learning how to handle classes, especially that first semester. Um, I'm sure a lot of programs, you know, they see that fluctuate of people into the second semester because first semester is difficult for a lot of students. Um, so a lot of it is just like kind of learning as you go. You're in an organization where it's actually like a group of your peers. You're self-governing and you've never really had that before because like in high school, at least you still have like a teacher there or something like that. Um, now for club, that's a little different, you know, that foundation is already there. It's set, um, and everyone's been playing for a while. They don't really have to, uh, need to take the time to learn, you know, fundamentals and like just learning the rules. Um, cause that takes a few weeks. Let's be honest. It takes a while to just even teach new people the rules. Um, so it's just, so that makes it a little bit faster of pace. Definitely. Like, mm-hmm. Practice, it's go time. You got to go, 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 go. It's very intense. It is. It's very intense. Um, And while in college, you're taking more breaks. You're explaining stuff a little bit more. While for club, you talk about it more afterward. And you're like, what are you seeing? And then you're critiquing um, your fellow teammates a a bit more. And like, you know, helpful criticisms and stuff. Now for college, you can't really do that because you're also still learning. Like, And as you go on, you start to pick up on stuff. But it's just... um, Again, still a learning process. Nice. Well, just some like top of the show business. Um, the day that this is airing is J- February thirteenth. My and birthday. It's a special. Yeah. How old are we turning? Twenty-one. <gasps> oh. Yay! Twenty-one. Oh. So Finally. So if you're watching this, we are getting lit as we speak yeah. she's probably on on like shot nine or ten yeah. of yeah, 21 right? 21 <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. don't die so, congratulations <laughs> it was also someone else's birthday i don't re- recently i don't know who but nicodemus you know. robles nicodemus Ooh. alistair robles. Oh, yeah, <laughs> out the full name game of thrones the government name. <laughs> <laughs> it really is honestly your parents saw the future nico they knew yeah, <laughs> I'll be on a podcast one day. Uh, 26. Shit. <laughs> I'm not the oldest Are you one. allowed on campus? <laughs> <laughs> that's... I don't even... That's not good. Then what you do for your birthday? Um, 
Under- was that your house? <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, look at my house. I forgot. That was fun. That was fun. That was a fun day. Fun night. But I do well, agree with, with with everything that Maya said about club and college. Um, I kind of skipped out on my, you know, college quid years and went to Heat um, just because it's, like, really complicated right now for me, you know, being a student and being a, also, like, a server at Kirby. Um, working and being in school is really hard. And then adding Quidditch plus that was just, like, overwhelming. Um, was not doing good in classes. I was not um, doing good like at work. So had to find a different alternative. And heat was really life saving for me. Um, the intensity is very different from college. Um, on and off, like we all individually work differently. Um, working out off the field um, and holding each each other accountable. Um, for how much work we put in. Yeah, because you don't get those practices like three times a week. Mm-mm. You get that one. One single practice. Yep. Where well, that's like hard. three hours and it's hot. Yeah. Like Saudado's practices, oh my gosh. And Live Oak where there's like no shade mm-hmm. and it is just beating down heat. And it's like probably 101. Yeah. Like, yeah. ugh. That is hard well, stuff. Every time, every time I would leave those practice set, I'd be like, "I'm not coming back. I'm not coming back." <laughs> and you'd and get dusty back. after. Yeah. It was so you'd dusty. You'd pull down the sock and you just have the Ugh. the dirt tan line. Mm-hmm. Oh, gross. The last Soldado's practice I went to. <laughs> the first I, and last. No, I went to. I went to. Okay, I went to a <laughs> few of them. But the last one I went to, I vomited like really hard. It like painful. It was just water coming out. Yeah, like, that's that's when terrible. you know you went. I hard. once had to, we were running a Tennessee, um, and I have a phobia of people throwing up. Okay, just so the whole Quidditch community knows this. Um, if you're throwing up, get away from me, please. Yeah. Um, I cannot hold your hair back. I'm so sorry. I will cheer you on from afar. But I was running, and I'm running between Nico here and Bradley, who oh are both God. like throwing up beside, <laughs> or like first it's Brad, and I'm like, oh no, Brad, and then it's Nico. So I'm like plugging my ears and like, uh, like just try to run my Tennessee. So that was my worst nightmare, so thank you. For the for the people who don't know, Soldados is an MLQ team, and it's it's in uh, San Antonio, which is Soldaties. in which is in uh, southern, southern Texas, which yeah. gets pretty toasty in the summer. Yeah, for sure. I just saw someone checking out your bike. Yeah. <laughs> They're coming for it. Um, Julie has an electric bike. Okay. She'd like to make we, it known. We went over this last episode. <laughs> yeah, but then why is it in the building right now and not locked That's up right. outside? Okay, so my my imbecile uh, executive producer um, forgot that would be the camera. Oh, I forgot the camera. Oh, yeah, you did forget a camera, okay? But I didn't forget the camera that you went and grabbed. I forgot a camera, too. I forgot Nico's <laughs> camera. Nico uses, like, a camcorder that he puts on top of his laptop. Because apparently my laptop camera isn't good enough. You're, it's not. It's not. Because it's fine, your laptop... but it works, oh. though. He needs whatever. We're on air. <laughs> We're on air. Elmo but I forgot it, and so I had to ride my bike back to my house. I was in a rush. It usually takes me, like, 40 minutes to get there and back. It took me 25 to 30 minutes God, this time. Damn. I ran a few red lights. I <laughs> I cut a few people off at the stop signs, but it was worth it. Hey, that's typical San Marcos driving anyways. Yeah. yeah. Oh. I just uh, I'd be driving past a few red lights, too. Resident. So why isn't it locked up, though? 
because I when I, when I was leaving my house, I forgot my keys in my house. Okay, is that is that what you wanted to hear? I just want the I just want the viewers to know the story. Okay, yeah, I'm cutting that by the way. <laughs> You're cut too. By the way. Oh God. Um. But this is going to be both of your first regionals as club players, right? Yeah. Yeah. How excited are y'all? <laughs> Honestly, I am excited to play against Cav. Um, it's going to be an interesting game. We've played each mm -hmm. other before in other tournaments recently, but not our full roster on both sides of the team. Because I know you guys have a few players that haven't shown up and come out to play, um, as well as Heat players that haven't come out and, sh and shown up to play. Um, what do you think? I mean, I think the intensity is going to be on. It's going to be another level of play. Um, you can kind of see it through, as, like, college teams, I think a lot of the time they keep that intensity throughout the season. Like, they're scrappy. They're trying. Um, they're using those tournaments to, like, really, get really get better. Yeah. For a club, it's a little different in the sense of, like, you're just trying to learn how to work together and like build that team dynamic more yeah. i feel like because as a college player you're trying to just figure it out as a player yourself um for club it's a bit different and you're actually trying to like work together uh yeah. and you've been playing for so long that and some people are new so you got to kind of change up your roles and stuff um but regionals and nationals are the times where the heat kicks in no pun intended um but like it gets <laughs> it gets really really crazy um like, especially, like, those final games, like, they get heated. They get just so fun to watch. I mean, those are some of the funnest games to watch still, like, yeah. past regionals. Um, I think there's a UT, UT Texas State regionals from back from 2018, I think. Um, that is, like, one Emmanuel of my... Emmanuel loves that one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he Every shows it all the like... time. Hey guys, check this out. This is the best game of Quidditch. This is and I'll tell you, Quidditch. This is Pink Quidditch. Quidditch. This is yeah. beautiful Quidditch. <laughs> it's always that. Um, so, yeah, like that game is so much fun to watch and like rewatch. So I'm really, really, really excited to see some more of those games and be a part of them myself. Yeah. So. Nice. That's the fun part, being yeah. a part of it now. So yeah. For, for those really... who don't know, Southwest Regionals is the 25th and 26th. And, and it's going to be taking place in Round Rock, Texas. Yes. Round Rock, yeah. Texas. Where Nationals is going to be next year. Yes. 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 I think we can afford. Now I mean, I all that's the... A good, that's a good pick. It's nice and central. You know, yes. I know last year it was in Louisiana, if I believe. Regionals. Yeah. yeah. Regionals. And there's... Yeah. Southwest Regionals. How many teams are in Louisiana? One. <laughs> two. There's Gumbo. Gumbo. Yeah, Gumbo. Yeah. That's two. Okay, yeah. one college, one community team. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So. But I think having it Central Texas is what pretty good. What was the college team? LSU. LSU. Um, they were there? They weren't there. Though. No, they, they weren't, weren't there. there. No, but they're coming to this regional. Yeah. So. Oh, okay. Yeah. But I'm very excited about it. nationals being there next year. Yeah. Now all the quad ball employees don't have to hear me complain to them at every quad ball yeah. event ever. Yeah. Of like, you know where this didn't happen? Round Rock. <laughs> you know where we had shade? Round, Round Rock. That's my favorite thing. There's actually shade for players. So, yeah. very. But very for exciting. anyone outside of the Southwest region, this episode is going to kind of be a uh, crash course beginner's guide into what the expectations are going into Southwest Regionals and what uh, we're kind of going to look for at Southwest Regionals on both club division and college division, obviously. So we have a few interviews with a few captains and members of other teams. So first up, we got Malena Sosa, 
um, who is a Quaffle captain for UTSA, and we're going to cut to that. Let's take a listen. Hello, I'm here with Malena Sosa. Hi, I'm Malena Sosa, and I play for um, UTSA Club Quaffle. Um, so, like, what's your kind of leadership role in the UTSA quad ball um, organization? Um, right now, I'm one of the chaser captains, and I am the recruitment officer, and on top of that, I manage all of the social medias for UTSA quad ball. How do you feel about regionals, and how well do you think your team has prepared for regionals? Um... I'm personally really excited for regionals. I'm excited to see how UTSA will do. I do expect us to fare pretty well. It just depends on like how hard we have to work to get there, if that makes sense. Because um, we could be on a good day and we could have an off day. So the hope is to have a good day. And um, in terms of like preparation, I think we've done a very good job with like recruiting and um, getting the numbers that we need. And right now it's just getting people comfortable, like being on the field and um, knowing the game and knowing the rules. But in terms of that as well, I think we've done a good job. Cool. Can you talk a bit about your newer players, how you've um, yeah. trained them up so far? Mm-hmm. So it being like the start of the spring semester, we've had like, I want to say like f- five to nine new players wanting to join the org and wanting to learn how to play, and that's definitely more than we had, or about the same in the fall. Um, but it's a little bit more of a challenge because we don't have the whole fall semester to like teach them everything that there is to like prepare them, especially for a tournament as important as regionals. So she just talked about how we're lucky enough to have the fall semester um, for regional, like to pre- prepare for regionals. Well, I don't know if y'all are aware, but for, like, the Northeast region, they have their regionals in um, in the fall. So yeah. they have, like, a couple weeks yeah. of yeah. newbies. So I'd like to ask y'all, like, can you imagine in the first few weeks that you were playing, your first playing, going in and competing for a bid for nationals. No. Yeah, my my first time playing, like when I first started playing Wittage, I assumed everyone had it around our time. And then it was later I learned like, oh, no, these guys have it like at the beginning of their school semester. It's like a month. Like when we have breakfast taco, they're preparing like yeah. for regionals. And oh, I God. think it's a little, a little bizarre because like I know like teams, like there's a general track and, you know, teams don't really change rankings very much. But like decide who's going to be presenting your their, your region at nationals right out of the gate when you the season just starts is kind of crazy yeah. you know like okay you're, pre- you're you know yeah and it's not like it's kind of arbitrary like because i think the most because i think what's so valuable about having the fall semester is because a majority of our recruitment is done during the summer while incoming students are thinking about going to college and thinking about like oh what am i going to do while i'm in college um, and so that that's such like a big um, kind of source of like recruiting that that's so valuable having like a whole semester to prepare them mm-hmm. and then going into regionals rather like if you recruit in the fall do you have to subject them to a regional like a few weeks after they started learning how to play the game yeah. and then 
they'll be like, oh, I suck. I don't want to, this, this is lame. I don't want to do it anymore. Like all hope is lost. Like we can't even, there's nowhere to go from here. Yeah. And so like, if they want to have that experience again, they have to wait a whole another year if they like, in order to have that experience again. And I really have to commend, I mean, those regions, like yeah. coaches and everything. Cause I couldn't even imagine as a past captain myself, like literally taking the team from well, I mean, that I've did, had for a few. We did have like three new players. We had Bow. Yeah, Leo, actually, that's true. Yeah, going into regionals. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, we had like I think three or four brand new players at first time ever playing. Yes. So you cannot move the uh, microphones from one room to another. Oh, sorry okay. about that. They have to stay put. Okay. Can you take care of that now? Yeah. Yeah. overlooking y'all like you're gonna steal something yeah that was, that was I rude just, i thought it was bizarre how strict she was on the on the like return it to the exact setup it's like people move the microphones all the time like whatever so what are we gonna do well go check them out at the desk and see if they have any and if they don't be like well then can we use the other ones yeah because we can you come, can you come i'll come yeah, with yeah. you too yeah let's just all go because i don't i'm gonna chill here Okay, can you count me in again? Oh, God. Ready? Yeah. Five, four, three, two, one. Oh, I'm not the executive producer. I'm sorry. That's not my Listen, power. Listen, they tried to shut us down. <laughs> they, the the establishment, the library establishment, the Quidditch establishment is trying to take us down. Mm-hmm. They sent an operative, Elizabeth... Uh, <laughs> Like they. Sorry, so you gotta put some respect, Doctor Elizabeth. Okay, Doctor. She's like a she's like an audio <laughs> producer. Like, please, like, can you imagine like an easier doctor? <laughs> like, doctors save lives. Okay. You're gonna oh. get all Doc- the doctors save lives. The sound you, recording you. quit people coming for us. Oh no, Hannah's gonna come for me. <laughs> oh no. no. Oh, shiver me timbers. <laughs> Listen, oh, I'm God. just I'm you know Hannah, I love you. But I'm just I'm just mad at Elizabeth. She was so rude. She, she just was really marched rude. in while we were recording, and then asked. But us listen, to put... folks, listen, folks. They're trying to take us down. Pretty soon, <laughs> we're going to be kicked off of YouTube for our uh, radical ideas. So make sure to subscribe to our Patreon. Um, I get yes. knocked down, but I get, I get up, up again. again. You're never gonna keep me. You're never gonna keep. They're never gonna keep us down, guys. Listen, you gotta uh, support alternative media, okay? In these trying times, it's literally 1984 what they're trying to do to us. <laughs> so, yeah. But now that we're back, 
we can get back to the interview. I was about to talk about how we went to regionals last year with a few with brand Leo, new players, Bell, and that was difficult yeah. enough. And they were the starters as well because we didn't mm-hmm. have that many male yeah. chasers at the time. And they were they're excellent. They're and there very... was a lot of people that couldn't go as well, I believe, right? Yeah, I, I mean, mm-hmm. so yeah, do they you started want... out as very good players. They had they had like excellent awareness of like the field and of, mm-hmm. of everything around them. And... They just couldn't stay on broom. Yeah, they just at all <laughs> or tag yeah. in on the right hand. Had... At one point, Christian Barnes knew Leo's name. Like this is Leo's probably like second time yeah. playing, um, and he's like Leo, 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 the other hoop off your broom. Like, yeah, Leo kept getting off broom. It was crazy. <laughs> it was so bad. But now. Now Leo came back better than ever. Yep. Now Leo can stay on broom sometimes. But he's someone that you should watch out for because he plays tremendous defense. Tremendous. Really good defense. Tremendous. Some, some would say the best. Some would say the best. Some would say the best. Yeah. They also they also took away two of our mics. Can you, yeah, believe, I can can hear you believe it, yeah. that shit? Well, see, we took those two mics from another room. That we had we, reserved. Yeah, but we weren't supposed to, you know? Mm-hmm. And if she would have... Came in nicely, or at least fucking knocked before coming in. But she, like, opened the door and then knocked. Who the fuck does that? That's not how knocking works. You knock and then you walk in. It's fucked up. Fucked up. Karen White ladies. Yeah. And then she stands that. over us. And then Julie's, like, kind of, like, struggling to, like, take the mic off. And she, like, goes in and fucking unplugs it and then puts the mic away. Like, damn, bitch, we did it. Chill. You weren't supposed to take it. Then Julie breaks a fucking mic. Too. She's just mad because she has a very unfortunate haircut. <laughs> you know, I wasn't gonna say it. But <laughs> I'm sorry. It, you know, but I, she was. Just we were so all rude. thinking it. She was so hey, rude. That's, I would never let that slide. That's just me. And we did it. And we did it. No, I did let that slide. Out. Yeah, you did. I was. I was a. Julie got up so quickly. He was like, "Oh, I don't. Okay. I did not. I complained. No, no, I, yeah, we complained, bro. Well, I fold and and uh, at any sign of danger, mind I just, you. I just go it, away. The moment passed, right? Maya and I come back from our little break, and I accidentally ordered cherry coke for Julie. Which I, yeah, which if people Pepper. don't know Julie, it's a Dr Pepper. He or... is a Dr Pepper fanatic, bro. Like he gives up stuff to this shit. This is water. The to doctor him. literally told him like you need to drink. Okay. You need to drink more liquids. <laughs> this guy's like, okay, DP. All right. <laughs> okay, I got it. Okay, I'm going HEB right now. Up. That's fucked up because. I was in the. I was like dying. I threw up like six times that day. I called Nico. I'm like, you drank hey, too much Dr Pepper. It's not because I drank. It's because I got food poisoning. What, what I got doctor, food poisoning. Okay. It's because Julie what did the doctor likes tell his you pasta to do? medium rare, bro. Like, what, he did, loves the, that what did the doctor tell you to do? The doctor told me to drink water. <laughs> but did you tell days, them? And much? I did the next that Friday. I did. But then I had to go to a Quidditch tournament. And would you? Would you have for lunch? I had chicken strips. It would, would you with drink the it? Dr. Pepper? <laughs> <laughs> and then we went to Texas Roadhouse, and how many Dr. Peppers did he get? Oh, oh my dude. god! The server, the I server. I did not feel okay, good. Some point, I got home. I did chili. not feel good. At so. some point, we come back. Uh, the server comes back, and she's all like, "You want another one?" <laughs> okay. Oh go my again. god! That was so fucked up. Of, that was what like, is it with wait staff and bullying you? Yo, this has this has happened to me at Kirby Lane at Chili's. At Chili's um, they brought. They didn't even ask you for the kids menu. They just brought. You yeah. went with crayons and went here. You go. You well, like- no, Molly. Molly told them like privately to get the to that get was, a. That was funny. That was a funny kids bit. menu. Ah yes. And I was like, oh, that's very funny. But <laughs> then I started doing the mazes, and everyone was like, oh shit, look at him, look at <laughs> look at him go. Uh, so, I don't know if y'all know this, but the Northeast they have regionals in the in the fall. 
So they have their players for a couple weeks, like maybe a month or two maybe, and then they just go into regionals. Um, so how would you all feel, like thinking back to it, when you first started playing, can you imagine being a player of a couple weeks and just going into, and into your first regionals? You said something about um, that time, that first semester being very valuable for recruitment and yeah. getting those players um, prepared enough for So I think generally, regionals. like, it's important that regionals are held in spring because of the one the the closeness in date to nationals like because like that's what it that's what regionals are basically for like it's preparation for nationals mm -hmm. and to see who goes to nationals so it it only makes sense to have them in the spring and also because of how college recruitment works like generally the the boost in numbers that you get at the beginning of the fall semester are way more tremendous than the numbers you get in the spring semester mm -hmm. if you like if you just like look like think about it like logically like the, like the influx of students that are coming uh into the fall semester to the school like and like what do you do like when you go to like in like the first week of school you go to like org fairs you go to uh you walk around campus and you check out the group the organizations that are tabling it just makes sense to have regionals mm -hmm. like no matter what region you are uh, in the spring and i don't yeah. know I, I guess the rationale behind having them in the fall is so that like usq doesn't have a bunch of work to do in the i think spring. it's more weather related is that really? they have yeah because it's snowing there yeah. by <clears throat> i don't know i don't know northeast weather i don't know snow uh yeah. but it, it gets really cold so they often have to do a lot of their tournaments indoors um, so they just have to do it in that time period. It works best for that. And so I really do have to commend, especially Northeast coaches, uh, and preparing their players for that little amount of time and just going into regionals. I personally, like, I can't imagine that bringing, like, as a past captain myself, only having my team for a couple of weeks and then taking them into that, like, that would be very overwhelming, but, um, they seem to do okay. They, they, they learn very well, so... One thing I think also it like at least after you do the regionals early, there's like you know what your team like you have your goal set, right? Versus like if you have it in the spring, it's gonna be like, okay, we don't even know if we're going to nationals yet, really, right? So at least their their expectations or their their what their goal is is like set very early. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a, an issue on itself of having regionals so late is it's kind of difficult to get people to buy in, especially, you know, people that have never played before. Like, And let's be honest, pretty much everyone has never played Quidditch before coming or quad ball coming in to college. Like, they've yeah. never played before. Like, that's the first time they're seeing it. Um, so it's really hard to get people to buy in, especially when play is so new and other players are so new and everyone's learning and you don't really have a solid foundation of, like, looking to people like how do people play i mean it's it's very hard to learn it's not an easy sport to learn um so i think i think that's the that's a big problem with uh younger organizations like uh, like us who are like very heavy in freshmen and sophomores uh rather than like older players um baylor also has that same problem like most of their players are freshmen and sophomores and so i think I think that's less of a thing that's destined to happen and more so of a consequence of lack of retention of players 
and more so uh, a result of having a younger organization, basically. And I don't. I that's why I I I do think regionals should be held in the spring. Maybe maybe late February is too late. Also, I know last year it was like in March. Uh, that's also too late. Maybe. It's usually I think around late February. Yeah, I think it was in February. Oh, was it? Yeah. I remember. It's all a blur. The biggest issue I've just had with Southwest Regionals is just location. Yeah. That's Yeah, really. It, yeah. That's yeah. the biggest thing. I know we almost died yeah. driving um into Louisiana. Yeah. They're crazy drivers. Yeah. I mean, it was that or Lubbock. I don't know why there wasn't <laughs> an in between there. Yeah. Um yeah. It's like, oh. I feel like there were. We can go to Louisiana, <laughs> Lubbock, Texas. Yeah. Hate crime city. Well, what, and the reasoning why there, they. What is there in Lubbock, Texas? Nothing to do. <laughs> nothing. <laughs> well, the reasoning Racism. why they switch. <laughs> well, there was some of that in Louisiana, too. So. That's true. Um, <laughs> yeah. So the reason why they did that is because of their their policy of, you know, and I think this is an important conversation to have as quad ball players, is especially Southern quad ball players, which um, they moved regionals because of the policy. They weren't going to have any USQ sanctioned events at uh, in states with anti-LGBT uh, or anti-trans bills, which I commend, I understand. Yeah. Um, but this was a conversation that me and a lot of other captains talked to USQ about. Um, and you've probably seen a couple conversations like this in AQD. Well, the idea is great, yes. But when you take the, then you're taking these opportunities away from the LGBT and trans quad ball players that we have in the South, you know, that there's not really another sport or opportunity like that for them. And you're taking that one opportunity away from them and kind of punishing them for legislation that we have no control over. I mean, there's tons of gerrymandering in Texas, uh, voter suppression, all kinds of things that go into that, um, that we have no control over. So don't limit the... And it's, oh. it's also telling that they have, that they made that decision, but like also the only Texas city they were considering was... Lubbock, Texas, probably the most deeply red, one of the most deeply red cities in Texas. Mm -hmm. And yeah. it's so like, it's not really like the execution and the intention are like very misaligned and just, they I don't. I think you see that a lot with Northern states in general. I mean, the political scheme of things, you know, a lot of people really judge the uh, Southerners and like, and I understand like there are some bad ones and stuff, um, but you know, we have a terrible education system. You know, we have tons of gun violence here. Like, we're just trying to do what we can. It's like, who's going to come to Austin and be like, oh, that's a red city? Yeah. yeah. Like, this just doesn't <laughs> no, yeah. Austin, the most, like, caricature of, like, a liberal city you can imagine mm -hmm. is Austin, Texas. Which is why I'm so glad that they included that for, you know, the choosing of Round Rock. Yeah. Because yeah. that, yeah, like... We want to show support of our LGBT and trans or LGBT players in general, and like so, give us that opportunity, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Let's continue with uh, the interview. Um, but they're all they all seem to be like really buying in. They really love like the team aspect that we have at UTSA. Um, we really pride ourselves on how close we are, like on and off the pitch. And I think that's something that they really like bought into and have come to like really enjoy. And so like it keeps them really um, focused 
I practiced and and uh, encouraged. They never, because, you know, since they're new, they might feel like, I don't know, a little intimidated compared to someone who's been playing for, like, two years and knows all the complicated rules that there are. But there's, like, none of that going on. Like, everyone on the team that has played before is taking a role in teaching a new person at least something that could help them. But, yeah. They all seem to be really enjoying it. And I think that they'll all stay for next season too. So I know this is a big conversation with so many quad ball players of like the same people are talked about and, you know, the same people get their voice, the same people have their own platforms and stuff like that. Um, So like most of y'all, like y'all are relatively new players. So I'd like to hear about like, what that intimidation kind of felt like because I felt it when I was a freshman and I'm sure pretty much every player has but I think it's nice to be like reminded that just because we're old doesn't mean we're the only people here and if we want this sport to keep growing we have to give the new people a time to talk and a and a comfortable space how scary were club players when you first saw them so for well for me, um, it was mostly like UT was very like big spoke like you know like all the players um, on that team, especially Jack Wang, yeah. um, going up against him like just hearing the name or just like looking at him it was like, like the oh. way people talk about yeah them. like Emmanuel was like, was like oh, oh the goats the, goat. the goats are on their team <laughs> yeah no um, it was very scary like beating against him and it was just like immediately in my head it was just like ah, they lost you know. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know the game. Yeah. I, he knows, like, my week. Like, he can smell my fear, you know. <laughs> I just I immediately gave up. But <clears throat> I agree with that. It's very, um, what would you say? Intimidating. Intimidating. Yeah. yeah. I know there's been a lot of discussion of, like, this rift between college and um, club divisions now. Do y'all feel like that exists or, like, it's getting better or anything like that? Like, when I was first playing, like, college fed into specific club teams, pretty much, you know? If you went to UT, you pretty much went to CAV. If you went, or if you, um, if you went to Texas State, you pretty much went to Heat. Um, so it, it was just like, if you played here, you, and they, and there was just a relationship. And, like, you could see the relationships between, like, varsity and B teams as well. They were just a bit more interconnection between teams. Like, does does Eric know anyone else besides me and Emmanuel that is playing on Texas State? Texas State? I'm going to have to correct you. Yeah, he does. He does? He knows a, couple, a, a lot of players. Um, I do know that. Well, I know Eric does hang out with this, so maybe he wasn't the best example. Yeah. But most of your team probably is not very familiar with. Not very familiar, but he knows about you guys. I do know that like Heat has been trying to like reach out to more teams, college teams. Um, we did uh, do a little like scrimmage against UTSA. Um, I know some of them do go out and practice with UTSA as well. Um, they do ask ahead of time as well, um, and I know that we also have a scrimmage coming up against, uh, well, just a practice um, against UT. Um, I don't know if it was, like, something they both agreed on or if UT reached out to the Heat captains or the Heat captains reached out to them. But um, I say that we're doing pretty good on, like, reaching out to other universities and other colleges just just to, like, get them 
you know yeah. what I mean? Like how, like, mm-hmm. like a little teaching moment for them, yeah. or like some sort of like, I guess, growth mm-hmm. that we can give them. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Let's continue with the interview. So, how many of your new recruits are um, non-males? Um, for a fall and spring, or just spring? Um, you can do both. I think total we have three new non-male chasers um, and like three to four non-male beaters that we've recruited. Um, and being the recruitment officer, I'm, I'm really proud of that because historically teams seem to struggle with only having like one or two non-males on a team. And I'm really happy that like we have um, like the depth now um in terms of the spring semester i think we had i think one of the new normal chasers was from the spring and one of the new normal beaters is also from the spring so it's also really nice to know that like from the spring to the fall or from the fall to the spring that they've like stayed and want to continue playing throughout i think you touched on a really good point um about like the overall um profile of what usq looks like right now um, mm-hmm. like obviously texas state is really struggling um we only have three non-males on the team so how how do you feel about that kind of disconnect with um recruiting and retaining non-males how do you think you've combated that and how do you think others can uh, start to combat that problem um it makes me like frustrated and upset to see that problem happening at other teams because I really think that there's that just stems from a place of like people who are in charge of recruitment taking like the nominals that they have for granted and like just assuming that they're going to want to stay and just assuming that like yeah three nominals on a team is enough like when you think about it if you can have eight to like ten nominal like chasers on a roster what makes you think that only two nominal chasers is going to be okay you know like, we get tired just as often as, like, our uh, male counterparts. We have to put in just as much work as our male counterparts. Um, and it just comes from a place of, like, underestimating what the non-males on your team can do and the effort they put in and how much, how much they want to win just as much as their male teammates. Um, so I think, like, going into recruiting... Um, because I know last season on UTSA, we really struggled, really struggled with like having like our dwindling numbers and non-males. And I felt that struggle personally. So going into recruitment for this season, it was my goal to like talk to as many as I could while I was tabling or get as many like um, information from as many non-males as I could and to encourage uh, like non-males that were interested to keep going to practice because I think that's another aspect that gets forgotten is that a lot of the attention at like practice or tournaments is turned onto like the male players or whoever like the coach or the captains will deem like athletic enough just because they might look more athletic or you know judging based off appearances and like that lack of like encouragement and attention on non-males and practices and tournaments and throughout the season is also something that probably leads to like them leaving. Because if you if if teams are like playing a role in making non-males feel not appreciated, like 
what makes you think they're going to want to stay and continue feeling that when they can go and play for a different sport at their college or or um, explore something different well they will feel that appreciation so I think it's just taking a step back and or what helped me was taking a step back and kind of envisioning like what I wanted the new recruits to look like or what I wanted the new UTSA for like 2022 23 2023 to look like and just realizing like I have to put in just as much effort into recruiting non-males as I do males because everyone's equally important. Everyone has a place on that field. And anyone that tells you differently is lying. So, yeah, I'm going to start. I'm going to start on my, on my shit. Okay, so I think the overall thing is that women and gender minority players are deemed as less valuable to the male players. Let's be honest. You can see that with draft picks. You can see that with articles. You can see that with discussion posts. The fact that last year the UT winning national team was getting all this hype in AQD, all this hype, all these male players and everything. Casey and Caroline? Casey and Caroline. Who were the captains of the team the whole season did not get mentioned until the very end of the discussion and just from someone being like, hey, Casey or Caroline haven't been mentioned here. That's kind of messed up. And that's right. Everyone just wants to get a focus on these few male players and, like, deem them valuable while every, the other ones are whatever. And, like, yeah, there's a couple women and gender minority players that are picked up by, you know, someone will deem them, oh, they're good, they're, they're good. And they'll just hype them up and hype them up and hype them up and never talk about any other players or anything like that. Um... But I think the biggest thing is you have to correct your peers when they are disrespecting your women and gender minority players. Like, I know probably 98% of the women and um, gender minority players that I know have been disrespected by a teammate. By a teammate. And you know what the excuse is every time? Oh, that's just so-and-so. That's just the way they are. Blah, 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 blah. No, that's not okay. We get blatantly disrespected in front of our other team and peers, and then they wonder why we don't want to stick around, right? Yeah. They And then they label us that we don't have thick enough skin, that we're not athletes. I'll tell you right now, I'm an athlete. I play Quidditch or quad ball to win. I want to win. I don't, like, I love the social aspect, but that's not why I joined. That's not why I'm here. I am here to win. I have that athlete mentality. And you're not going to disregard that just because I'm comp- upset about the treatment that I'm having you know and so I've had people say to me and all of these went with no repercussions or anything and just brushed off because that's just who that person was I've been told a good way to distract a girl player would to be grope them Maya what would piss you off more someone talking shit or grabbing your ass Uh, I've been told as I'm like on the sidelines uh, been told that and in front of my other teammates, uh, because someone needs to get subbed out, that blank person is better than Maya at her best. Yeah, blatantly like that. Um, I've been called a little girl. How do we let that little girl do that to us? That is so disrespectful. Like, y'all need to correct these people on that because they just keep getting away with it. And you label it off as like, that's just the kind of person they are and and that's not okay. We don't want those kind of people in our community. And you don't get to just label us as non-athletes because we're bringing up um, 
our concerns. Yeah. Brandy, do you feel like you would, or, or Brandy and Julie, would you feel like you agree with that kind of? No, I, I do agree. Um, I necessarily, I've never necessarily like experienced any of any serious um, scenarios or other um, situations. Situations, yeah. yeah. Um, but just the simple fact when I'm on the team and like, you know, they underestimate me. They're like, oh, she can't catch her. She can't throw, you know, it's just like. You hear it on I the can, sidelines. Yeah, like I can do all of that. Like I can easily tackle you as well. Like I just, it's it's very frustrating having to work. Um, we, we work just as hard or even harder than men. We have um, to, because we have if to. we don't, we actually get punished. Exactly. We get pushed along to the side and have someone else play for God knows amount of minutes because yeah. they feel comfortable with that one gender minority player. Oh, they I only feel you. comfortable with that. And it's you have to literally earn their respect by dragging it out oh, of them. I actually have um, yeah. experienced a certain situation with a certain person. Um, they were trying to help me, you know, get better. Uh, but uh, his message to me was... Um, don't hold the ball for too long, you know. Just give it to me. Mm-hmm. Just, just pass it to me. Um, you don't hold it. Don't hold it for like two more than two seconds. Just pass it. And I was like, "Why not?" And he was like, "Cause you're not like good enough yet." And I was like, "Okay." They like place limitations on us. No, like they they're do. like, "This is my idea of her as a player." Um, so that's all she can do. Exactly. And you can't. You can't. Once you're in that bubble, you can't get out of it. It is so difficult. It is. I'm. 411. Shocker. Wow, everyone's so surprised by that. Small person. Can't do much. Yeah, I'm not I'm not a very intimidating person, you know. I've been even told like, "Oh, my like she's not a threat to me." Like So, and it's very hard to That's why I I push and I'm feisty and I'm scrappy because I have to be. I feel you. I got to get out of that yeah. bubble because that that's not who I am as a player. Yeah. I'm going to claw fight like I'm going to get out of there. Yeah. And Julie, what do you think? No, I agree. Yeah, I think I experienced that same thing differently just because I am non-binary, but I do like kind of I present male basically mm-hmm. and people like look at me and like, "Oh, that's a dude." Mm-hmm. You know? And like that's fine, you know, whatever. Um but yeah, I do I do notice that as like I mean, me and Nico are like dudes and like Quidditch and we definitely like when we're around other dudes, like we definitely see that and hear that. Fact is, you gotta correct your peers. Oh yeah, yeah. you gotta correct totally. your peers. I know I've I've seen um, firsthand what it's uh, like, not in the same aspect, but like when you when you put someone and put up barriers for someone in the like, but you put them in a box, they are going. They're not gonna grow out of the box, mm-hmm. you know. Where it's just like. For example, it's like, oh, hand the ball to me. It's like, how are you going to grow as a player? Exactly. You're not, and it's just like, somehow, what someone like that's thinking in their head, well, I can only imagine, it's like, when she's good enough, then then she can have the ball. Yeah. But like how when, you, when am I going to be good enough? How are you going to, if you don't have the opportunity to You're just to the last grow? option yeah. a lot exactly. of the time. Yeah. And, I, and so I, then they, they tend to just like, oh. And this was in practice. It's like, practice is where I'm allowed to make mistakes. Practice is where I'm allowed to, you know, um, learn from my mistakes and make those wrist passes and you know I can figure out for myself like oh don't hold the ball too long if there's a freaking defender coming towards me you know let it go like I know you know maybe just trust me a little bit mm-hmm. yeah and I do, I do experience that too because I sub like in the non-male line so I always have a male beater partner mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and so sometimes it's Nico and he'll be just be like hey just 
Just hand it over. Well, let's look at how many non-male beaters we have right now. Yeah. Like, just in general, like in the sport itself. And why is the issue that way? Because we wanted to run double male for so long because that's what would make us the best team. I don't mean like, like I mean any Quidditch team. Like, yeah. so many, so many teams were running that double male set because they're like, this is how we become the best team because... They don't trust their female or non-binary beaters. Like they just, they think that the the most men you have on the team, the most men you have out there on the field, the best team you're gonna have, right? Here's a tip: respect your female players. You know, maybe trust them. Wow, brave. Maybe trust them. <laughs> brave. And you know what? And people are gonna listen to this, and they'll be like, "Ah, yeah." But they, I, I really hope that you know you male quad quid whatever players you are like you are listening to us like y'all can give us these compliments on aqd or whatever like and they're usually one-dimensional compliments and they're always usually attached to an, a male's name they're like yeah. oh and so and so is always there to support yeah so support so. yeah right. like or as a threat like that is such a one-dimensional comment while these yeah. men have these huge huge analysis yeah, yeah. <laughs> they have this huge analysis like it's not just about like mentioning our names and stuff it, it is about like respecting us as players and like using us as your teammates like we are there we practice probably the same amount you do where we usually you know yeah. like give us a chance just because there's usually like one uh, female chaser or whatever like doesn't mean they're any less valuable like that is still just uh, that should just be a player like that should just be another player on your team yeah yeah so there's my tangent and uh welcome to my ted talk yeah <laughs> no, i think everyone everyone at home at least the non female non-binary players at home could could appreciate that i hope so like honestly talk i'll That's give a discussion you'll never hear yeah. on any other <laughs> show Ladies and gentlemen, yeah. <laughs> go ahead. Like I challenge the the male players to like message some of their women and non-binary teammates and be like, "Hey, how do you feel like you're respected by the uh, the male players? Like, or how do you feel like I respect you?" Yeah, and listen to their answers because, like, I'm telling you, a lot of the the issues that we have is not with like just the community itself; it's within our own teams. So, what well, a discussion I've I've been on the other side as because I'm the beater captain, and we're discussing on like, okay, we do have a lack of, uh, like we do we just don't have enough uh, women on our team, and it's it's like we start assigning them roles, and I'm and that's when it's just like, wait, maybe we should ask them if they want to try beating, exactly. or they want to go. It's just like, why are we a, Forcing them, these you know, we should probably like, hey, how do they feel about playing this position? You know, yeah. how many male players have played both positions of chaser and beater, and how many female chasers have played chaser and beater? Like, let's, let's really see those it. odds. Like, yeah, because I'll tell you what, like, I'm sure the guys have gotten a chance to go beat, but if you you just get assigned, yeah, a lot of the time you just get assigned. Well, I know that I wanted to chase, you know, but for the lack of, like, we didn't have any girl beaters. I really, like, I, you know, I didn't mind it just because I did have a little bit more athletic abilities. Um, this is when you were playing for Texas, Texas State. State. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I do know that, like, we also needed male beaters and, like, yeah. a lot of 
I mean, I didn't get to choose, but other people did get to choose. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like other male beaters did get to, I mean, male chasers did get to choose. Like, oh, I don't want to beat. And like, mm-hmm. no one wanted to beat. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's not a position that everyone wants to yeah, do. Yeah, it's rough. <laughs> yeah. And that's why I really am loving the Cav dynamic because let's be honest, we have some pretty badass women on that team, these big names. I mean, hey, how often have you heard about Casey Irwin, right? Yeah. Right? All the time. Yeah. And you can, and the team respects her and and respect, like, that's why I think Cav has been able to be so successful for so long is because, like, you can see the value in every single one of their players. Like, they really, like, it is a, there's a, just a general sense of, like, I am valued as a person, I am valued as a player, does not matter my role on the team. And so, Mm -hmm. I just had to throw that out there, that way people don't think that I'm, like, dying here on Cav. No, they're Uh, great. I love it. (laughs) Let's uh, let's continue with the interview. Thanks for letting me write out you. Who do you feel like um, in this region will get the D1 bids? Who do you think will get the D2 bids? So I think it really just depends on, like, who can last, like, a two-day tournament since we'll all have to, like, play each other, like, probably, like, three times. Um, I don't know. I think D1 would be, like, UTSA, Sam Houston. D2 would be Texas State. I think most people can agree with that because I can't see, like, those three teams not getting a bid. So I guess it's really just, like, which category they fall under and yeah. who can, like, keep up the stamina over the two-day tournament. Because a lot of people tend to underestimate how crappy you feel waking up the second day yeah. and the second day being, like, the most important day. So, Or, honestly, like, UT is also, like, obviously, like, a big, like, contender. Yeah. Um. And, like, I don't care what anyone says about, like, ooh, this person not being there, this person not being there. Like, they, like when UTSA played them at Diamond Cup, like, we were fighting, like, tooth and nail. We would not have won if not for, like, a snitch pull. So if, like, games can still continue to be that close, I still think that UT is just a big, just as big of a threat as they were, like, any other year. So I think, I don't know. It's between UTSA, Sam Houston, and UT, but I, I am biased in saying UTSA will get a D1 bid, and then I want to say that UT will follow. So it'll be those two. And then probably between Sam Houston and Texas State for D2. I forgot about UT because they were not Baylor. I forgot they existed for a second. Did you um, see their uh, performance at Heroes vs. Villains? Yeah, I think it was... Because they beat, what, everyone but Creighton, right? Yeah, they made The finals were UT versus Creighton. And they, like, it was, like, what, 140 to 80? Yeah, 140 to 70, I think. Yeah, I mean, I can't... It's kind of what was expected to happen. I mean, me personally, I don't know the general consensus, but me personally, I I thought UT was going to beat Creighton. Just because, I mean... I root for Texas teams. <laughs> or that Creighton would beat UT, but just not by that much. But I think, does that say a lot about UT? Sure. But I, I think it that was also their first time playing against each other since, like, the finals and nationals last year. So I think it also has a lot to do with, like, the first, like, rematch since. 
for why the score was what it was. UTSA played Creighton at Diamond Cup, right? Yeah. How'd that go for y'all? Um, it was not the best. <laughs> um, I don't know. Like, a lot of people in UTSA will tell you different things. If you ask me, I, for me, it had a lot to do with the fact that I had, like, five minutes to go from, like, a game where, like, I gave my all in. Because the game right before that was UT-UTSA. So I was dead. And then hearing that I had to go immediately play Creighton, it was... I know if I was feeling it, I feel like other people were feeling it. Um, I don't know how much of a difference it would have made going into that game because Creighton just plays, like, not a regular, like, defense or offense that you would see in, like, Texas teams. Um, So I honestly don't know how much of a difference it would have made if, like, UTSA was going with fresh legs or not. But I like to think that it would. At least it would have been, like... Closer. More fun. Or, yeah, closer. Yeah. Because, like, I, we were all looking forward to playing Creighton because, like, regardless of winning or losing, we knew it would be, like, a great game of, of Quidditch, of quad ball. And so, like, we just felt a little cheated that, like, we couldn't give our all so we can have fun in the process, if that makes sense. Yeah. But, I mean, it makes us excited to, like, hopefully play them again someday to see if, like, their defense is something we can get around or their offense is something we can defend against because it's always it's always fun to see like how much you grow throughout a season i'm being intense regional yeah what, what did she say utsa and who uh utsa and ut for d1 and then um d2 texas sam houston state. and texas yeah. state pretty much i think it's extremely competitive this year it really is but uh, maya you being the the expert uh-huh the expert yeah yeah the one Especially with more Quidditch. Old. Knowledge. I'm just Knowledge. old. Yeah. 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 Old. Yeah. Experience. yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. Um, what? Are, what? Are, what's your prediction? What do you think? Some. I'd have to say honestly, my prediction would be pretty similar um, to hers. Well, the, the, so I feel like what she said was generally like the. Um, general consensus of like mm-hmm. most of the Quidditch community. Yeah, but some people think Sam Houston is more likely to get the D one bid than UT because of UT performance at uh, some recent tournaments like Heroes versus Villains. Yeah, um, yeah. I always like to take those kind of tournaments with a grain of salt, just because you know that is a far tournament. And numbers do matter, and I don't. I don't even know who was all there. So, um, and I, but. I mean, UTSA was missing one of their um, most vital chasers, Matt Matthew Blackwood. Mm-hmm. Um, I- he will be coming back for regionals, which I'm excited to see. Yes, haven't seen him play in a while, so I'm excited. Um, you'll see him hobbling around you'll somewhere. See him around. <laughs> yeah, um, but I also know that. Uh, I mean, UT went up against Creighton at Heroes versus Villains, and they won. But no. Creighton didn't also wait. No, so Creighton you- won. Creighton, Creighton won. played oh, UT twice. UT lost both. Okay, so you yeah. can both times. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, I thought they won. But honestly, I can see that Sam Houston scrap between them and UT. Like, I, I really can. Um, I think what it's going to come down to, so UT and Sam Houston have size, right? They both got big boys and stuff like that. Um, so I really do think it's going to come down to beater play maybe and just – 
who can beat out who more, right? And then, I mean, snitch on pitch is going to be crucial. I don't know Sam Houston's record with snitch pulls as of late. Would anyone know? Can you pull up the scores? Who's, who's their, their on the Brazos? I think they're always switching. That's why I'm interested because... Because I know Mallory um, has seeked before, yeah. but I don't know if she seeks. Well, that's... And, uh, that's why I think... Look at UTSA. I mean, they have Jay being able to go seek if they need it, and that, in those mean, dire you moments. You huh? also got Milena. Milena has no, yeah, several times for yes, them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they got both a. a I just a uh, she's such a so good. So the final at Heroes versus Villains was Sam Houston versus UTSA, and um, Sam Houston played UTSA twice in the day. Actually, they won the first time, but in the finals. Um, believe utsa was UTSA, yeah, yeah came, came back and so on the that first game utsa pulled and then the in the finals nobody pulled yeah nobody uh, did, did sam houston pull at all that day they pulled once against AM osu um and if you want to look at these scores you can look at them at the smallhoop.com because we got a website now Woo-hoo. all we need is t-shirts honestly and that's i think and looking at these scores a lot of teams didn't pull that day um and so I think that's really going to be a big tiebreaker. I think Melina talked about how they were able to beat UT with a snitch pull, right? Yeah. So, like, I really do think the snitch pull, like, snitch on pitch play is going to be make or break at regionals. Yeah. Teams that haven't practiced it enough, aren't, aren't used to it enough, um, don't have the strategy. It's going to be apparent because you're scrapping for those spots and a good way to do that, a nice Three-point lead, full snitch. So, Justin's also a really good snitch. I mean, Justin's amazing. Justin's he's amazing. amazing. Let's be honest. He's great. <laughs> Love that man. And, you know, he doesn't do that thing where snitches try to be, like, way over-aggressive to small, smaller yeah. players or gender yeah. minority. More, he's so fun. He's so fun to play with. Yeah. I love that guy. Shout out Justin. Let's Justin. Go. We appreciate you. General ref appreciation. Right. Well, most of them. Uh, Let's continue with the interview. Better. Oh, are we watching Caleb's? Yeah. Okay, cool. How do you guys feel about going to regionals and expectations? And I'm super excited for regionals. Um, I like that they dropped another D2 bid. I don't know if you saw that, um, but there's now two D1 bids, two D2 bids at Southwest regionals. I think it's a doable thing for our team to go out and get a D2 bid. That's really what we're gunning for. Sam Houston, UTSA, Texas are going to scoop up the one bids. They're very good teams this year. Got to fight out Texas State and uh, Texas A&M for the, for the D2 bid, but I have a team that can do it. We just got to we gotta work. We got to earn it. What do you think will happen? What do I – like if I had to bet what would happen right now yeah. at regionals, yeah. oh, I have no idea how good Texas is. I have not seen them play an official game this year. I really just cannot get a beat on Texas this year. I have no idea. So there's two there's two D1 bits, right? Yes. Okay, so who do you think the two teams would be in the day? Are you just not still not? I think it I think Sam Houston UTSA. That's my bet. And then I think UT gets a D2 bid and then I think we can we can fight out a D2 bid. But it's going to be close. That last that last bid is going to be a slaughter. I mean, I have to agree with him. I haven't seen UT play, so I don't know what to expect out of them. Um, but I do know their players, and I know that Kaiser's an amazing beater. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. 
They got Omar as a chaser. They got who else? What's his name? Daniel also as a chaser. He's they were all on my slam to on your slam to yes. That's where I met them. Hey. <laughs> They're um, really good. Um, don't know about anyone else. I don't know if Swasti is still on the team. Mm-hmm. Yes. I think she is. Yeah, I believe so. Um, yeah, I don't really know any other players. Um, mm-hmm. Don't know what to expect from them. What do you guys think? I feel like I'm cheating because I've seen them practice a little bit. So, um, but yeah, no, I mean they're a solid team. They're they've had a solid program. Um, so, I mean they're they're definitely going to be a top contender. Um, I'm just more interested to see who they're probably going up against. I I, I do want to give a shout out to UTSA's um, gender minority beaters. Uh, they are awesome. I don't know any of their names, unfortunately. Um, but like the new ones that they got, I remember even seeing them. I think Cav, we, oh no, no, no. I think I played them for like some kind of fantasy thing, um, or breakfast talk or something like that. Um, but they were like, they're intense and they're scrappy and I really, really UTSA? like it. Yeah. UTSA. Is it, uh, like Sophia? Uh, Sophia. Yeah. Oh yeah. How did I forget about Sophia? I love Sophia. You played at the fantasy yeah. yeah. Um, and, but they have some other new ones too that are. Uh, Azul. She's one of the oh, new yeah. mm-hmm. She's really good. so good. Um, very aggressive. Mm-hmm. Very That's what I like to see though. Her. That's yeah. what I like to see. Um, they also have Ankita. Ankita's amazing. Mm-hmm. Really yeah. good. I and I love. the most experienced out of all of them. Yeah. She, yeah, she's also super solid. And I love the fact that they're not always just like, they're not always told, give me the ball. No, give me yeah, the ball. Definitely. You know, like you can, uh-huh. they are respected with the ball. And I, exactly. I love that because, I mean, you'll see so many teams where the, the other beater just goes, mm-hmm. give it, like, give yeah. it to me. Um, cause they don't trust their, their partner. So I love seeing that. I think they make up some great, uh, teams some I also great beater dudes. want to give a shout out to the texas state um one of their girl beaters cat um she kind of had to step it up oh, yeah. they had uh, they lost a lot of uh, beaters but uh, she's been doing really good mm-hmm. so far um sometimes she's like i don't know what i'm doing but it's like no one I've ever been, knows what they're doing no with beating knows, yeah, like, I've been <laughs> it's a learning curve years. for like the first year yeah. and you're like oh exactly. i like to call it the click when it just kind of at one point like oh that makes that's, sense. Yeah. That's what I'm supposed, that's to, what I'm do. supposed to do. Yeah. yeah. So. I defend hoop. Yeah. <laughs> that's what. So I, I really do think it's going to it's gonna be a fair game for everyone. It, it's going to be great. I just hope teams aren't complaining about refing the whole time. Who's refing? I have no idea. Not I think me. USQ people. <laughs> oh. I hope Christian Barnes. I love Christian you, Christian Barnes. Barnes. If you're watching this, shout Christian. out to you because you do so much for the community and you do not get enough credit. And y'all need to freaking go read his article you hear that like all of the community you need to go read his article that he wrote for huh uh you can find that at uh i think it's on us cubes website i think uh, but you can definitely find it in aqd uh, american Qu- uh, quad ball discussion um and i'll definitely look it yeah up. no y'all need to read it because it's super important and i think it, what is it about exactly? it is about black history month and being a player of color um within the community and okay. that is i mean another conversation on its own of i mean let's be honest we're a pretty white dominant sport um so i feel like hearing our player of colors voices um specifically our black players voices like you this is an opportunity to go do that um so go read it don't just look over it like 
go go read it and actually critically think about yourself as a player and as a person um, and your team and your community because it's important. So shout out to Christian Barnes. Shout out to Christian Barnes. All right, so we also have an interview from Jeanette Garcia from Pegasus. Let's go. Woo, we, we love Jeanette. We love Jeanette. She is a beast chaser. She's so fast, very athletic. She can move the ball around. She can. She will. She will break your ankles. I was just about to say those ankles gonna be broke. Yeah, she's fast. She's dude. so good. She's so like swifty. I don't yeah. know how to describe it. Like she's like whoop whoop whoop. Like she's so good. So introduce yourself and who you play for. Hi, um, I'm Jeanette Garcia. I currently play for Pegasus. I started out playing Bobcat Quidditch and then Texas State's year got uh, cut short. And then I haven't done MLQ or anything, so I've been playing Pegasus. This is my second year. What position do you play? Chaser, mostly right. And how do you, how do you guys feel on Pegasus going into regionals? Um, I'm pretty excited. It's definitely a different team than last year. Uh, we definitely took a hit on like our girl count. Hopefully we can work a few more this semester, but. Why do you think the girl count took such a hit? I think in general, recruitment has been taking a hit. There just are less girls, I feel like. Yeah. And like the ones we had were all like veteran players. We had uh, Jess, Kylie, Kat. Um, so I think they're all kind of retired from Quidditch now and we haven't gotten many new people in. Are you guys planning on going to Alamo Cup uh, after regionals? Uh, yeah, uh, we'll be doing regionals, Alamo Cup, and then nationals. I believe that's it. What are some things that you guys are like preparing or how do you feel about going into nationals posts after regionals? We're one of those teams that like practices not very often. Um, and I feel like we've been getting new people every time. Yeah. Um, it's a lot of members this year, especially. Um, so hopefully keep working on that chemistry and getting ready for those two big things. Uh, we recently played at the Orlando Cup uh, and we we did pretty well. Um, so you, uh, you're more welcome to talk more about that. I wasn't too familiar with that. How many teams were there? It was only three of us. Okay. Um, so it was, was you and who else? Uh, Orlando and Chicago club teams. I think believe you guys won the whole tournament. Is that correct? Yeah, uh, we lost one game, but we came back and beat them with like a decent margin the second time around. So. They did kill it at Snowbird oh, Cup, God. though. I think that's what it was called. I think it was in. Is it the Louisiana one? Oh, I thought it was in Florida. Yeah. Oh, Florida. I don't know. Yeah, was Florida it? One. It was yeah. in Florida. All the, south. the spider knight yay the spider knights spider yeah knights. they have yeah. some cool jerseys shout they out to do. y'all yeah um i saw them playing at uh cci, CCI yeah, yeah, we played and we were all them. like what team is that but they yeah. were i think is this their first year does anyone know that i think it's i think it is i don't know i don't know that i, I could know. be totally wrong watch them be like a team that's yeah. been here for like five I know years one of their players went to the slamta right tournament mm-hmm. really uh carlton yes carlton mm-hmm. really good yeah, really uh, go to his fantasy tournament, uh, Space Jam thing, and yeah, I think it's in May. But uh, yeah, so Pegasus actually went undefeated, I believe, at that tournament. Um, so they won the cup. Yeah, yeah, they won. Um, wow. Yeah, so it was a it was a tough tournament. I but... think I have yet to see Pegasus um, go to any of the tournaments that I've been to. 
Diamond Cup. Diamond Cup. They, were, they were at Diamond Cup. I played UT at Diamond I didn't get Cup. To see yeah, and they actually uh, s- swore Southwest Alliance beat them that tournament, and I believe UT did as well. Yeah. Um. So they're de- it's definitely like Jeanette said. I think a different dynamic for them. Um. But I mean, they're going through the same issue. A bunch of teams are going through growing pains, right? Yeah. So, and they're a new team. They only got started last year. Um. Or yeah. Ooh, one year, yeah, they're only a year old, uh, so it that's definitely. But they did end up going super far at nationals. Um, they ended up losing to Heat, Heat, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Who was the the winner of that nationals? So um, they're definitely, I mean, a solid solid team. That's the thing about Texas. We are very lucky. We have awesome teams pretty much everywhere. Yeah, in the Southwest region. Mm-hmm. Texas specifically. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, they get mad because we keep winning, but yeah, sorry, y'all. We just got it like that. I'm kidding. Just Don't get good. That off. Just get good. Just kidding. I love just all kidding. of you. Y'all are great. Y'all are talented. Did you did you ask her who she thinks is gonna win at regionals in the club? You bet Betty didn't. Betty didn't. <laughs> did you? Uh. I feel so much animosity in this room. I do too. We're one of those teams that practices very often. Oh my god, he's having a treasure moment. Nico's leaving. He's having a treasure moment. He is gone. He's out. He's gone. He is gone. Recorded. Nico. (laughs) (laughs) Nico has left the studio. Oh, God. Oh, he came back. No, he can't come back he came, now. He, his, he left his laptop here, he realized. Here, I can be the third person for y'all. I'll be the small hoop. <laughs> Sorry, Nico. You're out of the, out of the group. Damn, it's going to be a whole thing. We're the doing small hoop is really an, an idea. Oh, uh, yes. It's the, deep inside yeah. of us, uh-huh. we all have a small hoop. <laughs> <laughs> Don't choke. Don't choke, Brady. He basically was like, no, you don't get it. You're not the small who. We all are. You are not him. <laughs> okay. If you're done having a bitch moment. Okay, so. Victoria Justice. It's a lot of numbers this year, especially. You don't get it? I think I we like all it. say. There was an interview where they recorded like all the... Um, Can you pause it? They recorded, like, where they were asking all the cast, they were like, oh, who do you think the best singer is? And everyone was like, oh, yeah, Rihanna Grande, like, she's so fucking talented. And then Victoria Justice was like, I think we I think all, we're all are good. Like, yeah. I think we're all, like, the best. Like, never. She she did not like Well, Rihanna like, Grande. I kind of agree with her. Like, Ariana, like, why? Like, you think you're better than Ariana? <laughs> Julie. I mean, okay, I, choir boy. Julie, have, who are you? Um, I'm in the opera. Oh, opera. I'm sorry. He's in the opera. I'm sorry. Thank you. Sorry. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Can you opera imagine if I was like... You are not him. you imagine if I was like... You are not like, him. Like, excuse me. I'm in the Texas State Opera program. How dare you talk to me like that? You're in, you're in Quidditch and opera? Oh, oh double whammy. Double whammy. Do you hear this, like, abuse You're going to get no bitches. Wow. No bitches. So, Nico actually just walked out because of the amount... Of unacknowledgement that he gets from Julie, so okay. you know how many diva moments Julie has had in the past. Well, it may, if maybe if Nico two did his hours, job, you know, hearing it here, folks. 
you imagine saying anything, bro? It's okay, Nico. Your feelings are valid. Where is your car? Oh. <laughs> Did you really just say that shit, bro? Okay. Did you really? No. No. No, don't get out, too. Okay. Oh, my God. They're such divas. Hey, go tell Dr. Hi. Or Elizabeth, Dr. Elizabeth, that's her name. You, you do have um, the Southwest Alliance, right? But there's also Heat and Calvary. Yeah, which one of those teams do you think will be easier to, to take on? Or which ones do you think you'll have a difficulty? Or I mean, they each have their, obviously, skill sets. Um, Calvary, yeah. Calvary is just like a, a veteran team. They're very skillful. Heat, I feel like, just keeps a really fast momentum the entire time. They're just extremely athletic, and it's not so much like slow playing thing, but they go hard the whole time. I feel like heat is harder to go up against just because it's a high intensity game, yeah. high game the entire time. Uh, Cavalry is also very good, but I personally like slow play more too, so um, it's easier to keep up with and stuff. Brandy, let's go brawl it out. Actually. Okay, so that's so, an interesting take uh, that she said about Cav. I've played against Cav, right? And I'm a new Heat player, so it's very intimidating for me to play against these Cav members like Augie, Maya, because uh, I already know how she plays. Um, I haven't played against Casey Irwin, um, but I've seen her play. Um, she bruised the fuck out of my arm at our uh, San Antonio austin outlaws game oh like she just grabbed me good yeah and i know yeah. like i i mean when we played against them it's been a really like fast-paced game mm -hmm. and i think it just it's overall how cav um how cav works it's just they will reciprocate the same energy that the other team gives so if it's a slow game then they're pretty good at adapting to that um as well as you know heat it's a very fast they're very like fast breaks um, very, um, there's a lot of like intensity as in like, we move fast, you know, we play fast. That's how, that's how we roll. Um, and Cavs is just an adaptable team. Um, so I don't necessarily think Cav is like, oh, it's just a slow take game. I think they're very adaptable and that's what makes it a good, that's what makes them a good team. That's, you know, mm -hmm. what do you think, Maya? I love Kev. Um, but no, and I think you, you talk about the fast pace of heat, and I think that's why some outer region teams struggle so hard against um, heat uh, or when Cav plays a faster pace or Pegasus because Pegasus, I mean, they run a pretty fast pace, at least from what I saw last year. Uh, that I think that's why they went so far at nationals. Um, that pace is hard to keep up with. It really is. And... Uh, so for outer region teams that are not used to that, we're all used to the same that we have it nice. And then we also have it difficult because we're playing these same high ranked teams. I mean, you have literally two national champions right down the highway from each other. Right. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and you also have these awesome club or college teams that most of them have at least been in one semifinal, like, so, um, I mean, even when A&M back in uh, last Nationals that they went to, I think 2018, they went pretty far up. I think it was between them and Texas State to go into the semis. Um, so we are very, very lucky to have all that talent around us, but it also makes it pretty difficult, you know, coming to regionals and stuff. But 
those outer region teams, I feel like, don't get that experience the same way yeah. um, because they have a good, like, spectrum or, or of different um, team talent. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, so they get to see, you know, brand-new teams more often, and then they also get to see the teams that have been standing there for a while um, with all different kinds of paces. But I, I really do think that um, the Southwest fast pace is hard to keep up with. Yeah, We've discussed regionals predictions for the collegiate division. Now, um, what do you guys think? Heat. Uh, what? Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> How do you think? Why, Ayata? What do you think the the what do you think it's gonna look like for the club division at regionals? Maya, you go first. Oh, I want to see. Why me? I want to see. What you, you're our guest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Honestly, I think it will be to it be between um Cav and Pegasus or Cav and Heat, Cav and Heat, Cav and Heat. But I do think I mean if Pegasus brings their absolute A game, I think that they will. Definitely put up a very good fight between either two of those two teams. Um, so it's it's interesting. But we also, I mean, SWA has also gotten pretty pretty solid. They have a lot of really good female uh, players. Like they're 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 uh, women chasers. Amazing. They're so good. They're so solid. Um, I got to see them play a little bit at, at Brooms. Brooms. Um, so I'm excited to see see that um, at Regional. So I think I think Heat and Cav will probably be the top two, but um, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, Pegasus, Swa put up a really good, a good fight. fight. Yeah. yeah, I agree with that. Um, now looking forward, what do you think Nationals is going to? Like. Who was that team that um, New York Slice? You talking about New York Slice? No, or? I we played them at CCI. Um, Heat did QCDC. Yes, yeah, they're solid. We they also played them. Good. Um, I know that we beat them the first time, and it was a really close game. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we had a little. We went back and forth with them for a little bit. Um, yeah, and then we played them at the finals, and we lost against them. Um. But that's also we didn't have our full roster, so um, no, we didn't have our full roster. I I, I gotta say it because we only had two female chasers and two female beaters. Yeah, and it was really hard. It was really hard because we played two back to back. We played back to back, and then we played against uh key. What was the team? The team that we played? oh uh, QCDC. Yes, QCDC. Um, mm-hmm. and we were. I was. I was gassed out. I was. Um, my, my reps were shorter. I, it was really hard. Yeah. Um, but they're a really solid team yeah. and we're probably going to see them at nationals again. Oh, a hundred percent. hundred percent. I would definitely going to keep a look, look at top eight at least, yeah. at least. Are you going to say something? Nico? Yeah. What do you guys think about, uh, boom train or pandas? Boom train. Actually, I got to play against, um, while playing for skyline last, uh, nationals, um, and you know, people slept on us, and they were like, "Oh, Boom Train's gonna Y'all destroy them." Great. We only lost by one or two, I believe. Um, and so that was that was a really, really, really good game. Um, and they ended up, didn't they? Just end up winning. Uh, what did they win? Boom Train. Their reach. Oh, that's yours versus Valence. Yeah, they ended up winning. Um, so I and Pandas. Uh, we played them as they, they well. They are a good team. Um, oh, no, we didn't. They have really good beater play. Oh and yeah, their intensity is like. It was really intimidating when I when I played against them. It was, I was like, 
Wow, this yeah. is a really, really strong team. Mm-hmm. Um, I also think Lost Boys is up there, too. I was about to say, bring up Lost Boys. Lindsay is so yeah. good, Dude, man. She to- does not get the respect that she deserves. And you know what? The people love to give women the respect uh, when they host the tournaments and stuff or, like, help with that. Uh, but she's a great player. Yeah, she is, and she is so nice because I got to talk to her. I was like, oh, like, what's your name? You're, like, a really good player. And I was just, like dick riding her the whole time <laughs> i hope i didn't scare her but she was she was a really good player yeah. like really good player um yeah really good player honestly i'm excited to see new york slice um i know a lot of those players on that team um they are from uh a lot of them played on the uh new york titans for moq so and and they were solid I, they ended up they did pretty well. Is that lady it's, behind? No, it's the oh. same guy checking his bike. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> That's so weird. Um, but yeah, no, I think New York Slice is going to be a contender. This is their first year, and let's see how many uh, snitch pulls they got. Hmm. I think they got like every single snitch pull, right? Except against Lost Boys. Wow. Dang. That's, yeah, that's intense. That's really I think intense. they probably had Cullen... Killing Cupid, um, seeking. I mean, it, oh, if y'all don't know that name, you need to know that name. He is so good. No idea. No idea. Oh, okay. Sorry y'all need to go that. look it up. We will look it up. No, he is, in and our, he showboats, which our, I like. In our defense, we don't know a lot of players, so yeah, yeah. I won't help um, him too we're hard. The, we're the new, Kellen the Cupid. new guys. Yeah, yeah, he he definitely showboats, which I appreciate. Um, so he, yeah, he he's great. He. Y'all have probably seen the. We are currently looking at his. Yeah. Oh, Kellen, I'm sorry. <laughs> we're looking at your. What is that? His LinkedIn. Yeah. His LinkedIn. <laughs> we're looking at your LinkedIn. Yeah. Stalking you. Um. Yeah. So actually, Lucky, there's actually a picture of him pulling this. Oh, yeah. He's good, yeah. man. Wow. That's a good picture. And I would actually like to give him a shout out because one of the first ever things that I did, like big in the Quidditch community, is I got asked to do a panel <laughs> during the COVID and talk about um seeking. And Kellen, like, definitely, he gave, I was the only non-male seeker there. Um, and let's, I mean, there's not that many of them anyway. And most of the time, they just are stuck out there to defensive seek. But uh, they have every opportunity and ability to pull anyway. Um, but he really showed me a lot of respect. And I could tell he didn't, he really respected me as a player. Um, and him and I going up against each other in MOQ as well. Um, he doesn't treat me like just a uh, woman player like he yeah. treats me as an intense player like i even heard him going oh maya's going in like i need to i need to be on my be on my shit um yeah. so like and so shout out to him like that's the kind of teammate and player you should be so that kind of brings us to a close on this re- pre-regionals coverage mm-hmm. um hopefully you find out like who to look for who to look for what to look forward to um maya is there anything you want to promote like um them Fatale. Yes, Them Fatale. If you haven't signed up, you need to sign up. Um, and not just oh oh, uh, not just to like even play. You need to help us volunteer, ref, all that stuff. Um, so Them Fatale is an all um women and gender minority fantasy tournament, kind of like Take Back the Pitch, um, but not on a Monday. Uh, after yeah, two days of playing, <laughs> um, when you have college class, uh, uh, it will be in Waco at Baylor, March eighteenth. Um, we I shared the sign up on AQD, but I will also share it again soon. Um, 
but yes, de- and there's a Facebook page, so definitely go look for that. And, uh, um, where can people find you? Like Twitter, Twitter, Twitter Instagram, Instagram, She's Facebook. Got it all, folks. Yeah. Oh yeah. Woohoo. Um, yeah, I am Maya from Twitter. Well. Yeah, I'm Maya from Twitter. Literally. Maya from Twitter. Yeah, that's me. Woohoo. Um, but yeah, so definitely recommend coming out to Them Fatale. Uh, me and the team that I'm working with, uh, shout out to Brittany Walker. Um, it's it's going to be a great tournament, and we're really excited um, to showcase the talent that does not get to be seen as much as it should. Uh, so very, very, very excited. Please sign up. Um, oh, we also have a sponsorship that you can do. Um, $25, you can sponsor a player and even get a jersey maybe. Um, so, hey, there you go, y'all. Sponsor nice. player. Woohoo, yeah, sponsor player, okay? Um, and it is cheaper for college students. Um, and if you get a certain amount of people from your team, you also get a discount. Let's go. So, woo, so sh- sign up, y'all. We're doing but it. Thank y'all for having me. I really appreciate of it. Course. I love being. Thank you for coming. We yeah, appreciate thank, you so much. Thanks for giving me a platform to rant on because I'm sure everyone's super excited to listen to me talk more. Um, and this time not on Twitter. Uh <laughs> But yeah, I really, really appreciate it. And I really commend y'all for doing this and having these conversations um, because it's super important. And again, like seriously, if we want this sport to survive, you need to give not only um, gender minority players, players of color, but also players who also don't get to be seen that often or heard that often that may even be like newer. So um, I also would like to challenge older players to go talk to a new person that you haven't met that does not go to your school like your alum yeah. alumnus school yeah. like go talk to someone that you don't know and just yeah. be like hey i think you're a good player yeah um that's because, actually what i do yeah like because it builds so much confidence yeah. it really does but yes that is that's my tidbit so well thank y'all for watching thank you remember they're trying to shut us down they're trying to take us away from what we love so remember to dr look elizabeth at- if you see this we got beef we, <laughs> we if, got beat. If you see us on the street, walk the other way, <laughs> walk dude. Walk the other like, way, bro. It's not. The, it's personal. It's all personal. These San Marco streets are not for you, dude. Mm-mm. All right. Catch us on Patreon. Catch us on the smallhoop.com. Smallhoop. Catch us on Twitter. Huh? Spotify. Catch us on Spotify. Spotify. We're on Spotify now. Spotify. Um, our next episode will be uploaded the Tuesday after regionals. We're going to do our post regionals coverage. Um, and we're also moving all uploads to Tuesday because we kind of realized after we had to stay up all night editing that last episode after we um, got home from a tournament that last day. That and by we, not so. the best idea. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I edit the fucking video. So if there's like, if there's any mess ups, you know, it was just, all him. Just send your complaints to me. You know, <laughs> it's whatever. It's fine. Um, but yeah, look out for our next episode, February twenty eighth. Hopefully in the morning, but probably in the afternoon. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Right. Thank you. Thank you for watching. Bye, y'all. The Small Hoop is made possible by our patrons at patreon.com slash thesmallhoop and viewers like you. Thank you.